are from Isaiah 55 to verses 2 and 3. Isaiah 55, 2 and 3. Therefore, do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not, hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness, incline your ear, and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David so far. The Lord pleading with sinners to come to him. The theme for this morning, the Lord pleading with sinners to come unto him. Three thoughts. Why the Lord needs to plead? By pleading. Why not just asking? Pleading. Why pleading? Secondly, how is the Lord pleading? What arguments are on the table? We will see six of them. And the third place, what is the Lord pleading for? What is the purpose? What does he want people to do? Also a list of nine. To hear, to incline, to buy, to come. We'll see it. The Lord pleading with sinners to come to him. Why the Lord needs to plead? How the Lord is pleading? And what the Lord is pleading for? Congregation, young people, children, what is pleading? Do you sometimes plead? Say, Dad. Oh, please. Because I like that. And this is a good reason. You have so many good points you can make. To plead, maybe, maybe it becomes whining. But let me say pleading, in a polite way, pleading, and saying, please, consider it. According to the dictionary, pleading is making an emotional or earnest appeal to someone. An emotional or earnest appeal. Not just asking, it's an appeal, it's an earnest, emotional, from, from the heart. Oh, please, I really need it. Pleading. Now, sometimes people plead to one another, right? Like parents plead with the children, don't go there, don't do that, don't wear this, don't say that. For those reasons, sometimes we read in the Bible, people pleading with God. Say, Lord, please. Lead me in thy truth. 
teach me, for thou art my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. It's pleading with the Lord. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. So that we see people plead with the Lord. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? So pleading with God and saying, Lord, why? And saying, Lord, because be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Often in a pleading, you find it for, or wherefore, or because. But let's not talk about that. It's not about pleading to someone else. It's not pleading with God today. It's something else. What is it? God pleading with us. Is something? The Lord saying, I beg you. I urge you. I compel you. I warn you. I plead with you. Is something that the Lord is willing to plead? The Lord would say, well, I just say once, one time, should be enough. No, the Lord is not warning and pleading one time. He just is repeating himself. Saying over and over the same thing with beautiful arguments. Pleading with people. Like in our text. Therefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. See? The Lord pleading with you. Don't think of anyone else. Think of yourself. The Lord comes today to us in his word and says, I plead with you. In the chapters 40 through 48, we hear about salvation. And we also read after that from the servant of the Lord. So we have heard about salvation in Isaiah. Salvation, abundant salvation. For the people of Israel, there is salvation, there is a Savior. But you know, there can be a Savior, there can be plenty of redemption. We need to receive that for ourselves. It has to become our salvation. 
At the funeral this week, we spoke on Psalm 23. It does not say the Lord is a shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is a very shepherd, shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And that is so important that salvation becomes salvation for me. To receive it. And that is what the focal point is in our text. The Lord pleading with people that he becomes their shepherd. You can say the Lord is my shepherd. Come, eat of my bread, drink of the wine which I have mingled, forsake the foolish, and live, and go in the way of understanding. Proverbs 9, it's the Lord pleading with sinners. Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Pleading. Also in the first verse of our chapter, all everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So why is that needed? Why so much of that pleading? Well, the prophet is talking to seriously-minded sinners, thirsty ones, who are close to the gate, almost saved, that is, at the edge, close to the door, close to the narrow gate, but are hesitant and are in doubt. They say, can I? May I? Should I? Am I allowed? Is there permission? They are stuck before the door. They are seriously minded people and they need salvation and they don't know how and what to do and they just don't dare. They cannot believe and don't dare to believe. And the Lord is pleading with them, reasoning with them. I read this week of Elizabeth Bunyan. It's the wife of John Bunyan. She was quite a woman. Probably younger than John. But she went to the court case where her husband's case was because we talked about it. And she pleaded with the judge. She pleaded with him. She said, I have three children. I need my husband to home. He didn't do anything wrong. You have to let him go. This is wrong. This is not legal. And with 
Ivan, she came forth. Needed help. And they left the courthouse. Went to the inn. The judge went to the inn. He had, he had to sleep as well. She followed him. And in the inn, in the restaurant, we would say, she approached his table and said, I'd like to repeat myself. And she was pleading with him. It was a discussion, a public discussion in the inn. She could not let go. She was pleading. Maybe you're pleading as well. Pleading with God. Taking the kingdom by force. But again, this chapter is not about us pleading to him, but the Lord pleading to us. Like in 2 Corinthians 5, that's a strong one. The strongest one I can find in the Bible about that pleading. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be reconciled to God. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I am an, an ambassador. I'm the mouthpiece of the Lord. And God is beseeching you by me. With my mouth, I beseech you, but it's not me, it's, it's the Lord. It's the Lord beseeching. It's the Lord saying, why not? What's wrong? What's holding you back? That is remarkable. But why is that so necessary? Because we are so darkened in our mind. You're so mixed up. You're so foolish. We just don't get it. The gospel is so strange to us. There's no understanding. And in that pleading, the Lord gives understanding. He's explaining it and saying, why do you spend money? For that which satisfies us. We need to be persuaded. We need we are so deaf. Not we need to know what is at stake. Do you know? We need to know what is in store. And do we know? By nature, death in sins and unwilling. And they need to be motivated. The light needs to turn on. And the Lord means it. So that faith are given. And the willingness is born to come unto him. Or we like to be saved in the way of good works. To do something, to make something, to pay for it. And the Lord say, no. 
You can't pay for it. It is free. The Lord convinces in his word that they need to come. North Carolina means death. North Carolina means forever lost. Vanity of vanities. It's all vanity. We read about it in Ecclesiastes 1 and 2. What profit has a man of all his labor which he takes under the sun? What is really satisfying? What is really helpful? We need to hear the word of the Lord and to take heed. But the reason why the Lord is pleading is his goodness, is his grace for sinners. It's abundant mercy. So he's not only saying it once, he is saying it many times, and they force. Right? If your mom wants you to do something, and she says it only once, and you just don't do it, maybe she doesn't say it again. Maybe, maybe she forgets. Maybe it is not so important. Happens all the time, right? But the Lord is not letting you know. But he's saying, I desire it. I want it. And he keeps going after it. In his word. Why would he die? Why would he die? We go to the second thought. How the Lord is pleading. Congregation, young people, when we plead with our mother, father, employer, employee, or whatever it is, if we plead, then if arguments, we say, it's really good. It is very useful. It's very easy to use. It is not expensive. It is very beneficial. You can depend upon it. You can go on and on. Just emphasizing, I really need it. Well, we see in our verses, in the verses 2 and 3, also in verse 1, at least six of those arguments regarding salvation. They first mentioned all six and then elaborated them. There is true bread. It satisfies. It is good. It is delightful. It gives life. It brings you in the covenant. Six of them. Let's go over them again. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? There is true bread. A bread that tastes it. it is not a stone. 
because without breath, we experience a famine, we die. So why spending money, why enjoying this life over God, giving our energy to fake pleasures of the world, like Moses, enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season? It is not bread. Nothing is like bread. Marriage, money, investments, cars, houses, labor, intimacy, friendship. Nothing is the true bread. Are you hungry for the true bread? For salvation? Or are you spending money and time and energy on things that are not bread? What are you so busy with? What is your major concern in this life? What do you want out of this? What's your purpose? What's your goal? Is it, Lord, give me that bread? Give me to eat of the bread of life. Give me to eat of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. So we are pleading with you to eat the bread, to receive the bread as the bread of life. And we have a question for you. Therefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread? Are you so foolish still? We read in 1 John 2, love not the world, need the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Are you loving the world? Are you preferring the world over the bread? And secondly, it's satisfies. And your labor for that is satisfied not. Being satisfied. Being filled up to the brim. Being truly happy. Being completely content. Not in need, need, need of anything else. Having everything. The happiest people you can think of. It's suicide to find Jesus is to find the fullness. It is finding the satisfaction. Anyone with a breath remains hungry, but this salvation fails the soul. It's suicide. Do you believe that? Do you not flee to this Savior then? Or are you eating sawdust? Children, do you like to have sawdust for breakfast? 
Oh, no. Sadness does not satisfy. And so the whole world does not satisfy. Only the bread. Only the Lord Jesus Christ does. So therefore, go after Sadness. It is good. Hearken unto me and eat you that which is good. There's nothing better than the gospel. It tastes so good. It is so nourishing. Although we desire the heavenly bread, we rather eat the bread of sorrow, the bread that never set aside. There is something very good. And sometimes people are very picky, right, on bread. They need a certain kind, certain thickness, so much moisture, especially, especially for Dutch people. Bread is super important. They're very, very critical on, on bread. In Holland, anyway, they are. They say in Canada, you, you, you can't get the, the real bread. But are you picky on the bread? See, I would like the good bread. And that is the Lord Jesus and his, his salvation. So hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that it is good. Find it. It is there. It is delightful. It says, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. It is really delicious. It is as delicious as fatness. Delight itself in fatness. How about how does that? Children? Could you explain it to me? Someone is delighting itself in fatness. Something fat. Well, cultures are different, right? As I said about bread. One culture, bread is something else than another culture. Also, meat is different in Israel. If I, I would ask you what is the best part of the meat, you would say prime rib or New York steak. But in Israel, they would say, give me the fat tail of the sheep. And they were roasting the tail of the fat tail sheep. He just, just eat it. He would just go be all over him. Very juicy, very, very greasy, very fat. And people loved it. Or when they had this piece of meat and there was some fat on the side, they thought, that's, 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 that's first. I like it. And it was satisfying. Very tasteful, very nourishing. So how are you spiritually? Are you spiritually desirous for that fatness and the marrow of the earth? Right? To just savor it and enjoy it and say, 
I love it. It is such a good taste. I've never tasted something like this before. <clears throat> so that is what I read. And let your soul delight itself in fact, not your, not your stomach, but your soul. It gives life. Incline your ear, come unto me, and your soul shall live. Just wondering. If someone feels in church this morning dying, drowning, suffocating, starving, right? I have a mess for you. It's something that gives life. If you eat of that meat and drink of that drink, spiritually, you will not die. You will live. It makes all the difference to live, to spiritually live. And six, it brings also into the covenant. I will make an everlasting covenant with thee, even the sure mercies of David. A covenant? Do you have an example of a covenant? The best example I can think of is a marriage. Right? Husband and wife exchanging vows and this promising to never forsake and never divorce and never leave. So the Lord is enticing people. He's saying, I plead with you. Seek salvation in me. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will marry you. You will be my bride. Part of the bride. It means I will give you the sure mercy of David. You can read about that in 2 Samuel 7. David was promised to be the king, and his kingdom would have no end. His kingdom will be everlasting, and his son will be on the throne. The Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the mercies in plural. Because I saw abundant the mercies of David. So the Lord is saying, Come unto me, seek salvation in me. Because I have at least six arguments. Just to reason it out, to just convincing people, to convince those people hesitant. Hesitant if it is for me to yet come and to yet drink. We see this more often in the Bible. Here are a few examples. Isaiah 5. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Therefore, when I looked that it should bring four grapes, brought forth wild grapes. 
or John 6, labor. Not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of God, the Son of Man, shall give unto you. For him has God the Father sealed. Or Psalm 23, verse 5. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So think of a cup. And have that cup filled with wrath. Lord Jesus had to drink that cup. And he drank it all. He asked if it was possible to pass by and could, could be that way. He drank it until the last drop. So now he gives people sinners the cup of joy. And the cup is filled with it. So that is what the Lord desires. He likes to hand over the cup that runs over. And he also anoints the head with oil. Another quote again. If someone was invited for dinner, you did not only invite them. When they come, you made them feel welcome. And you made them feel welcome by washing their feet and by anointing them. We're just pouring ointment over there. Very light, not very greasy, less, very thin oil. It evaporated quickly. Had a feel in your skin that was kind of cool and cold. Very refreshing. And so the Lord will anoint his people and give refreshment. And their cup will run over. Already here on earth, sometimes in church, sometimes at the Lord's Supper table. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men that the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and will, he will give mercy upon him. And our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The Lord is pleading. Why? Because so hesitant, so unwilling, so dead. And how is he pleading? We're putting before them all the benefits of the gospel. So they will say, yes, that's what I like. That I would love. And then what they see, pleading for, our last thought. What is pleading again? Making an emotional or earnest appeal to someone. 
So that's actually sun. I really want you to mow the grass. Do it. I plead with you. It's your turn. So what is the Lord pleading on? What does she want from us? Well, we see that here in the Bible. There are at least nine things. The Lord is pleading the sinners to come to the water. And he says again, come ye. And he says, bye. And he says, eat. And he says, yea, come. And he says, bye again. And he says, incline your heart. And again he says, come unto me. And he says, here. So let us go over those nine. Before that, let me just summarize it with one word. How would you summarize this? What is the Lord wanting? What is coming, buying, eating, inclining, healing? What is it? One word. Believing. The true believing is a coming. Is a buying, is an eating, is an inclining, is a healing. So keep that in mind. Lord is pleading with sinners to come unto Him, pleading with sinners to believe in Him. Come ye to the waters. The Lord is pleading, begging, urging sinners to come to the waters. Now, the Lord did not only utter one invitation and then turn around. God was interested in it. He says, I really mean it. I plead with you to come to the waters. There's water, and you may come. And it says, again, in verse 1, come ye. So this repetition. What does that say? If your dad repeats something, I want you to. I want you to. Well, that is clear then, right? Really clear what he wants. It is so clear what the Lord wants. Come ye to the waters. Come ye. The Lord is willing to repeat himself. By wine and milk. Without money, without price, buy. Buy. What does that mean, buy? You go to the store and you have paid 
you have permission to take the item home, even if it was not expensive, even though if it was free. But you could just have one for free. Buy means here it is for you. Receive it. Take it all. So the Lord is pleading with sinners, standing for the door, hesitant, unable. The Lord is saying, I plead with you. Come to the waters. Come ye by. By without money, without price. That is not stealing. That is legal. And eat ye that which is good. Eat it. Chew it. Swallow it. Digest it. Make it your own. You may just eat all up. You may devour it. Eat it. Isn't it not unreal? The Lord is pleading with sinners. Coming to the door. Thirsty. Having no money, no price. The Lord says, Come, come, eat, buy. Yea, come. It's the third, third time. Third time. Yea, come. It's two times not enough. Dear soul, dear sinner, uh, uh, two invitations not sufficient. Put on. Come ye. Buy. Again, buy for the same time. Wine and milk. The, the really one sin is to take that salvation home. Incline your ear. The Lord is pleading to listen, not to turn your ear away, but listen to Him. Incline your ear. Agree with me. Respond to me. Obey me. Have you not heard me? Are you listening to other voices? Listening to the world? Telling you that the, the, the world can make you happy? And it's just a lie. Come unto me. This is the fourth time. Four times. Come here. There'll be something. If you die without grace, and then it's so clear, come ye, come ye, come ye, come ye, incline, bye, bye. Do you think it would suffice to say, to answer, but I couldn't? It won't help. It won't help. And then again, here, and your soul shall live. Don't stop your fingers in your ears. Don't block this out. Do not reason it away. 
I am pleading with you. I am. I think in a way I am pleading, right? But I'm pleading in Christ's stead. So in fact, the Lord is pleading personally with young people and elderly people and everyone in between. Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace that by good shall come unto thee. I read in Luke 14, and the Lord said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Compel, is that what they did? I don't want you to get into faith, faith, do something phony, something not real. That's not my that's not my purpose. But this is about the real faith. The coming without money, without price, but yet being made willing and to see salvation in the other and nowhere else. One more text. I looked at the bread in the in, in the concordance bread. I thought that's 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 a beautiful text for this sermon. Maybe to, to end with. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him him, him a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto the, your, 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 your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Pleading, making an emotional or earnest appeal with someone. Yes, appeal. Yes, plead. But now focus on that he is pleading. Why would he die? Amen.